Today's episode of Poets at War is sponsored by the following. I'm Ian Wilson, and I create graphic art using primarily traditional methods, supplementing with digital where it's needed. I use a real pen, a real paper, a real graphite to make my art. I like to feel my art. I've always been this way. I love the feeling of a pen or pencil in my hand, the sound of graphite scratching paper, and I love the sight of a nice black line making its way across the page. So why choose traditional art over digital? Traditional art has an organic, natural quality that seems to be missing from most digital illustrations. The illustrated books and comics that were made in the days before digital have an excellence and staying power that is just as vibrant now as it was decades ago. These are the stories that stay with you. Dr. Seuss, Winnie the Pooh, Where the Wild Things Are. People still read these. I'm currently working on my own graphic novel series, Legend of the Swordbearer, and I've also had the privilege to draw graphics for two motion comic series, along with illustrations for a small magazine, Logos Sophia magazine, and various book covers. Don't let traditional art fade into the dust. Help me keep it alive. You won't regret it. Visit my website at ianthomaswilson.com for more info. What do poets and engineers have in common? Samuel Royce, our guest today on Poets at War. He is sort of adjacent to many of our artists, but helps them out and loves them nonetheless. This is Poets at War! minute man how like it has what have you, i uh, what have i missed oh <laughs> uh, you um uh you have missed me having to rethink everything as a father and a husband um no are you becoming you, presbyterian so, <laughs> no not okay fine not everything <laughs> <laughs> so jared sometimes gives me a pause so well there uh, you go there you go <laughs> but yeah go ahead no, so um I'm trying to remember you, you know about Beatrice. Yes. Um, and so we got a clean bill of health on her fall of 2020. Oh, I think we're kind of um, already into this. Do you feel like sharing some of this or no, it doesn't get yeah. way. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think I'm okay with most of it. Um, okay. If there's anything you need me to cut later after you say it, fine. just let me know, that's but uh, give no. a little background. Okay, so for, for context, my, my daughter got, um, got caught. I don't know the, the, quite the proper phraseology, but um, she was diagnosed with Wilms tumor, which is a rare form of renal cancer. Uh, praise God, it was a rare form of a rare form. It didn't actually touch her kidneys. So she has both of her kidneys still. Uh, we went through uh, two rounds of chemo and a round of radiation. And once again, praise God, um, we got a clean bill of health fall of 2020. And then um, Caitlin and I went into counseling and we were in crisis counseling for a year, trying to keep our marriage in one piece. And uh, about fall of 2021, we um, crossed a bridge that felt noticeably different. Good. And so while we have been uh, struggling, we're well, not struggling while we have still continued to have things to work through, for about the past six to eight months, uh, once again, praise God, we have been rebuilding what I never realized was fractured as badly as it was. Praise so, God, indeed, brother. I uh, I look back and I think that my daughter having cancer exposed a lot of sins in my life and faults between, well, not between, faults in a relationship that needed to be shored up rebuilt mm, gotcha. and so um we worked through a lot of things we're still working through things but uh that was so all of that to say the last six months have been some of the best six months and that i can remember having and uh once again praise god that's fantastic so, 
I, um, I don't I don't care how much catch up we do on this. Like I'm gonna yeah, get no. to some of the artist quote oh, unquote totally. stuff because I know you're kind of artist adjacent slash artist sort of thing. So like, but I was dude, thinking let's about catch that up. today. Like, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so um, work has been busy. We uh, you know 2020 got super slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2021 uh, in terms of traveling came back with a vengeance. Yeah, it did. And so in the middle of all that, we went to like oh, man, that was. It's fascinating because it was fall of 2020, right before fall. We did two weeks in Florida. No, no, no. Before that, I went for like four days in Minneapolis by myself. Then the whole family went for two weeks in Florida on a job. Um, So I I called it a vacation. Uh I'm learning not to do that with my family. When I'm working, it's not a vacation for them. Right. Let's um, give let's give people a little bit more context because I've talked about Yonder Child before. Some people get that. Gotcha. You work for Yonder Child Media. Yeah. Explain yeah, so it. I, go. Child Media. I am not the um, uh, I am not the designer, and I am really not the the creative head. I'm the person who um, who listens to the ideas and figures out a way to do them, and then in the background moans that they would force me to to. Uh, to hack as many things together as I have to hack to make you're them the all engineer work. in many cases. I, I am the engineer. Yes. So putting together websites, um, I can rough cut when it comes to video editing. I've actually been doing a little more of that. Uh, I also do a lot of the social media work. I, um, I'll post, I will try to plan out the campaigns and I'm starting to write some copy, but I like to pull copy from as many other people as I can. Great gotcha. minds work so better been, than mine. So you've been jet setting all over uh, the yeah the United States at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, and so along with that, I'm also my engineer brain works well with setting up camera gear. Um, mm-hmm. So I can set up and I can run some of that stuff as long as I've got somebody behind me to help with the creative side. That's someone Benjamin. I think you had him on what a couple months ago. Something like that. Uh, I want to get Adrian eventually, but you know, nailing him good down. Luck with that. Hard. Yeah, I think I no. will eventually. I think I, I think will you eventually. will. But uh, yeah, no, he's been. I call myself busy. He's been renovating uh, a, a smaller apartment. He's been uh, getting other people moved. He's been uh, and that on top of his family and everything he does at Yonder Child. So. Yeah, so I was in uh, Minneapolis setting up cameras and watching camera screens to make sure nobody bumped them, basically. Uh, my my expertise when it comes to that. Um, <laughs> so I was there for about a week away from my family. And then a week later, we were in Florida, and I was basically doing the same thing for two weeks, uh, filming a class uh, for uh, the Institute of Public Theology. Um, and like I said, that I, I called it a vacation for my family. Interestingly enough, we all got COVID while we were there, so... That, that uh, totally undermined the uh, vacation. Um, got recovered from that for a couple of days at home, turned around and went up to Tennessee for the Fight Laugh Feast Conference. So for the space of about a month, I think I was home for six days or something like that. It was ridiculous. So that was before the Fight Laugh Feast Conference, which was back in what, October? Yeah. So, yeah. so you're just it catching was, me uh, up to the Fight Laugh, which is the last time we saw each other in person. That, yeah, no, totally. That was... <laughs> That I mean, it was it was such a busy year. Everything going on with Caitlin and I, um, still recovering from the shock of you know Beatrice trying to keep and figure out how to do everything and all of this. Like I said, I've been rethinking everything that goes along with parenthood and fatherhood and uh, being a husband and all of that. Because what I realized is Caitlin and I got married. We weren't in a good church. Uh, we hadn't even attended a good church when we got married. Um, our version of uh, premarital counseling was people asking us why we wanted to get married and being so impressed by our, our romantic <laughs> love for one another. Children, such <laughs> children we were, babies. So um, realizing all of this that we've just been, you know, uh, kind of making some decisions over the years, trying to work through, barely working through stuff, not no idea of conflict resolution, much less the concept of one or uh, two becoming one. Uh, so all of that, it, it's, it's been, and like I said, still working on all of that. So uh, fight, laugh, feast, got through that and um, hope to never travel again after that. And uh, 
So we we continued work. I continued working. Uh, Caitlin works harder than I do most days. Um, there's the occasional day when I have to carry all the camera equipment in that I'm like, you know, maybe I might have done more than watch four kids. So, but um, we've been just trying to establish patterns and stuff around here, trying to keep our kids busy and occupied and teach them all of the, the things that we're supposed to teach them spiritually, emotionally, all of that other stuff. Right. So this year I was down in Hold Florida. Hold on one second. One the, second. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, I do have this that you need to take out. There you go. Peter, go see mama. You haven't seen Peter in quite a while, if it ever. So no, on. yeah, I think I saw baby pictures. Oh, Ooh, look at that big boy! Say hi, Mr. Samuel. Say hi. You haven't seen me. Oh, sweet boy. I'm, hi. I'm, I, I, I'm his daughter. Yeah, he knows you, Hazel. Right. You want to see? Say hi, lady. Get down. Get down. Careful. You want to say hi real quick, Hazel? No. You don't have to. This is Mr. Samuel. He works with me and Mr. Adrian and Mr. Benjamin. Say hi real quick. There she is. You can see her. Hi. I make a new friend. You keeping your dad straight? Oh, yeah. Casey should be coming and getting him in just a second, so I may as well just hold him. We'll get invaded here. I've always said that they're troops, too, and poets at war and so yes sometimes we get invaded by our own troops here i for that sweet face i don't mind the invasion right he is a cutie yeah, oh. he is. <laughs> hey anyway Ru- but- ruben just turned oh, no he's about to turn three and i cannot the transition from baby to like real young right boy yeah it's just miraculous in it my is. mind i don't understand how they go from that squishy thing to not squishy but just as cute and then the handsome starts to come out and right ah, and and they start and, and beyond physical the the attitude starts to immediately become protective and yep. like they're protective oh, yeah. of you and of mom and everything else yep. like they they start to naturally fall into their own state where's mama okay is she coming to, to take you all to bed no no <laughs> Okay, she said just a minute. Anyway, no, that's fine. But I, uh, I wasn't sure yeah. how much to just keep going. So no, oh, keep yeah. going. I don't care. Like okay. <laughs> we're, we're having fun here. I want to do as little editing as possible. Let's be real. They, they don't get to see them playing around very often. So, um, oh, I, uh, it's a treat. But uh, yeah, so you've been doing all this engineering for a media company. You've yeah. been friends with many a creative person. Um, it probably even outside of yonder child. I know outside of yonder child because of wretched and other things, but, uh, what, what do you think it is about artists and people in that nature that y'all just tend to get along or is it just because you're getting paid to hang hang out with these crazy people? (laughs) No, they're, they're the more interesting people. They, uh, they have stuff to talk about. And, uh, most of the time they're the ones who have thought and are willing to talk about those thoughts. So uh, one of the highlights of my last year was getting to sit outside on the patio after the Fight Laugh Beast conference. Oh, yeah. And awesome. getting to talk to uh, David and Gabe and um, uh, Toby. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were there, a couple of the other attendees, Benjamin, and just getting to sit there and listen to ideas fly back and forth. I, um, I go to a weekly Bible study. And uh, actually, I go to two, technically. I don't want to sound... Like that You're guy. So special. No, I just realized I need as much of the Bible as I can get. So I go there. Uh, <laughs> one of them is a lot more younger guys around my age. So a lot more discussion. And one of them, I've got uh, three, three older gentlemen that come. And man, I just like to ask them questions and, and hear their answers. And it's the best thing. And that was how it felt there. That was uh, less out of the it wasn't the, non-theological, but it was a lot broader than what we do at the yes. Bible study. Yeah. So, uh, it, and, and that's the nature of, of David and uh, Toby and Gabe, I guess, all of them. Um, and that's one of the things I love about them. So when it comes to artists, being able to hear that, uh, 
they've thought through, you know, the, even uh, we, I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago, the, the, it feels like the age old question. Are you a Christian artist or an artist who's a Christian, <laughs> you know, and, and I feel like I'm past that at this point, most of the time, but even everything that builds off of that, all of the, the business decisions that you have to to make as a Christian, the decisions I have to make for my family and my home as a Christian, um, all of that. And so artists are the people that I, that, that I can talk to about that. So, why guy, do you think that is? Uh, because they're open. Most of us tech people don't like to talk. We like to just sit in the background. <laughs> um, so I, even me, I mean, I, you remember that night, most of it, I sat pretty quiet over on the side, uh, asking a few questions and maybe putting out some thoughts. Uh, but most of the time I'm, I'm trying to glean what I can. And, uh, so artists are a lot more open, willing to talk about it. I'm still working on the, uh, the fine art of disagreeing without being disagreeable. Right. Um, I'm, I'm working on that one day. I might, <laughs> I might be able to do that. Um, so I'm also learning the fine art of, I'm not always right. And, uh, that, <laughs> that means I should probably disagree a completely different way than, than if I am right, or if I think I'm always right. So um, I enjoy the, the culture that art artists have. Um, man, uh, you've, you've probably heard the stories about Benjamin and I sharing an office. And he was one of the, the first Christians that I had a lot of conversations with, just one-offs, just like, oh, did you see this? Oh, what about this? Um, you know, and then we'd work for a little while and then express some frustration at something that was going on and dive back into conversation. And, um, so that I think was probably the first real creative person I had a relationship with and I was able to, to learn from and, uh, bond with, um, and now he and I, we work side by side most days, virtually side by side. Yeah. Yeah. You know how that is. And that's such a so. cool thing because like Benjamin is both infinitely artistic and infinitely technical. Like he oh really goodness, is both. Yes. And yes. I think people really got that from listening to him. He's got such an amazing set of skills under his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even social skills and stuff he's getting better yep. with and all that kind of stuff. He's starting to master that field as he's becoming more of an executive in some of his yes. positions and stuff, which is awesome to see. I know. Um, but like, it's so funny like we've had less time to hang out, but every time we do, I, I feel an instant connection. We're just oh, buddies, yeah. you know, brothers ready to go. And yeah. I think, I think the thing that's different in that I'm still very technical. I'm more technical than I lead with. I don't lead right. with the technical very often, you don't. but I have that. And I think the difference is Benjamin is like, if you were doing the whole dungeons and dragons grid kind of a thing like he's more of like closer to a lawful good and i'm more like chaotic end of things (laughs) and so when the three of us get together and then even when adrian comes in like it's just it's just a really good group of personalities gelling that i've always really enjoyed yeah no we and we are so very different different personalities Mm -hmm. how we think and what we do um no, Benjamin, he puts me to shame most of the time with the technical stuff. We'll yeah. be working. Well, he and puts I'm everyone like, to shame with that. <laughs> why do you even keep me around? You can do all of this stuff. And so I have to have a healthy dose of um, humility, uh, remembering that he, he's got, he wants me around for a reason. So I think it's my roguish good looks. But, <laughs> um, well, you, you have a, a, a even, you have a better grip on how to get information from one end of the pipeline to the other than he does. Yeah. It's not as much signal. Like he can get signal from one end of a pipeline to another, like nobody's business. Like when it's just a raw signal, he doesn't have to think about it, you know? But when it comes to actual information and communicating that, that's, that's the thing that he really relies on you for. And I have found that um, artists have a really hard time with that. And I think that's another reason you get along really well with artists because you're able to perceive the mm. weird thing that they're saying most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> and if not, you know the right questions to get the right. full answer. Right. And, and that's something that, you know, as artists, a, a lot of the time, a lot of our time is spent mm-hmm. perceiving things in ways that are unique and different. Like that's, that's part of creating art, you know? Right. And then it turns into, 
okay, now how do uh, like I have all this raw information? How do I output it in a way that has a beginning, yeah. middle, and end? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and it, it can even go so so granular as to how to explain to somebody. Not even the telling of the story, but I want to do this thing. And yeah, I agree with you. A lot of times I can hear that and I can be like, oh yeah, we can do it this way. And then I could I can even try to to tell somebody else, sell somebody else on that idea, that yep. that plan. So I had five sisters. I have five sisters. I promise they're all still alive. So they do. <laughs> but growing up, I grew up around five sisters. Maybe, maybe that's part of uh that scenario. I had to learn how to interpret. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that makes sense. I don't know. I was homeschooled too, so that helps. Homeschooled, yeah. like it, that, that being homeschooled just makes you the king of dealing with awkward. Like honestly, nice. it, it, uh. it, it, that that's the thing. People feel awkward because they always feel like they're in school. Yeah, you know, as you go yeah. from school to a to a job, like there's there's a certain hierarchical structure of what this this will happen, that happens, the other, and when you're a homeschooler, you realize that's fluid. It can change. So, so you know? well, I mean, when, when your school is literally anywhere you are, I mean, mm-hmm. I remember doing school in a car driving mm-hmm. um, on the side of a house while it was being cleaned. Listening to Adventures a, in Odyssey as the, as the cliche so goes. So much Adventures <laughs> in Odyssey. Patch the Pirate, you know, all of that. Salty, the songbook. Oh, uh, uh, yes. The Donut Man. Memories. Uh, actually, I don't think I ever did the Donut Man. I don't remember. Was he? I think he might have been too Catholic for my family. I can't. Well, he, no, he, he became Catholic ma- years later. Oh, like, is that what it was? Years and years later, he became Catholic. Okay. He was he was charismatic. Oh well, maybe that's what it was. That's possible. <laughs> my uh, growing up, we had a very little functional doctrine of the Holy Spirit, mm. um, but mm. Arminians tend to at least drift that way some if they don't speak in tongues. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, no, I I have had the most fun working with you and Benjamin and Adrian. Uh, we, man, we can have the best of times. And I, I enjoy nothing more than setting up for a shoot, be it the, the largest conference we've ever done or just a little shoot that we're going to do in a, in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. I, I find such joy in the technical side of how things fit together, how the system's going to work. Benjamin and I will go at it. Should we do it this way? Should we do it this way? Uh, how, how many computers? Which direction should the, the stream go? All of that. And that was so. really natural for me because growing up, I was a mobile DJ with my dad. You know? Right. And so for me, it, it, uh, anytime we, we, you know, I've only done a couple with you guys, um, but like, I, I definitely want to do more, but like, uh, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where like doing that, and and setting up for an event whatever it is like as a vendor setting up for an event and anticipating guests like a large number of guests and right. figuring out what's going to help them the best whether they're online right. whether they're in person all those yep. sorts of things like that has always felt just like home to me because mm-hmm. because of growing up doing it yeah you know? oh i imagine so yeah and and, and you know th- well, I was just going to say, one of the things I was going to tell you, one of our big songs that we did for the kids was called Move It Like This by the Bahama. And you probably heard it before. Can you move it like this? I can shake uh, it like that. You remember? Yes. It was our uh, big end, end song. And the song fades out at the end. Like, it's just recorded that way. Right. And we would have them sing in the chorus. And this is just a, something that always just made makes my just thinking about it now gives me goosebumps every single time because as the song fades out they keep singing it they keep getting louder and louder and louder and it it fades out and i think to myself this is just us like that music is there it it exists but that's being played off of you know whatever these these are real humans right connecting with each other partying oh, yeah. having a blast and and that kind of a thing is how i feel when a conference really goes off or a, any kind of event that i'm a vendor oh, yeah. for someone even just gets like exactly like if i was a bartender i haven't done that but i'm saying like if i did just i can imagine like seeing someone get exactly the drink they want and they're right. super stoked about it and right. just feeling pleased having served someone yeah 
Yeah. So growing up, I, uh, my family, my parents still live at a Christian youth camp. So I was there for the last six, eight years of my life, um, my, my youth life, so to speak. Um, and so I was doing the, the teen staff thing and, and I completely understand serving food. That was, you know, you get them to the end of the line and some of those kids, it's a struggle to figure out what they want. They're not communicating well. There's a big plastic plexi. This was pre COVID. So we were a little less stringent, but the, some reason the health department didn't want them breathing all over the food <laughs> to try to communicate through that, getting them to the end. And then after everybody's gone through, it's like, we just accomplished something. We just fed 120, 200 people. Um, and then as I did other things, I've done other things like that. Uh, conferences are so much fun. The, the jitters as, as you're about to go live for the first time and you're like, is everything that we've tested going to work? And then it all works. And then you just become part of the, this not process, but almost like this, um, uh, this body for lack of a better word, yeah. where everything's working together and, you know, speakers are going up. The, the, um, the MC is introducing people. You're keeping everything coordinated. You're making them look good. And that is, I love doing that. I don't, um, I don't like being in the back. Uh, I liked where we were for Fight, Laugh, Feast. Yeah. Uh, being able to see all of that happen and all of it come. Um, and so to hear I, the I, singing. I, oh, to hear the singing, man. So you, you brought up the, the, the song with the kids. And I didn't realize, so y'all did, did you just do DJ events for children? Well, no, no, no. But we had a, we had an offshoot business. So my dad started class act disc jockey service as his main thing to begin with. Then that morphed into class act party productions because he found himself more on the planning end of a lot of weddings because of the fact that the DJ pretty much has to be the quarterback for a wedding that he is at. Uh, if he's not the MC has to know what's going on, he has to be the one in control. And so he ended up doing a lot more planning and wanted to reflect that in the name. Then, then he started getting a lot less weddings, started getting a lot less corporate jobs as companies didn't even do parties anymore. Uh, and that morphed into, um, him doing, I think he did for a friend of a friend. He did a birthday party for, uh, I want to say something like, a. 10 year old or something like that oh yeah and um it went so unbelievably well um that my mom convinced him to actually start targeting children's parties and we did that with classic party productions for a little bit and i wasn't even in the mix yet um i was probably like seven or eight at the time that happened and then he actually started um all-star kids party djs as an offshoot second brand name for essentially the same company right uh and what we did with that was we actually through the years created what we call the super show which was a canned you know show that we would uh set up and do and it changed we had our audibles that we would call and whatever else but it was essentially we dance uh and they they follow along we give out prizes and throughout the show things like things would change rules would change to where we would have this or that or the other you know you can get a one for doing it uh we did the limbo we did a couple couple yeah. of fun dances and games and things like that and so <clears throat> we give out these inflatable prizes you know and and they were cheap enough that we could do that and yeah. we didn't charge ever have to charge per kid or anything like that we just you know did how much we thought we were, you know, some percentage or so roughly right. of what we would think that they would need for that size crowd. Uh, and it was, it was just a glorious thing. We did it from probably around 2001, I think was my first job with him. I was 11 years old at an elementary school dance till labor. Yeah, I know till I was, <laughs> uh, that's the best kind. Um, I, till I was, <laughs> till I was 20, uh, 20, I want to say 24. I think we closed it down in 2014 and we only did that because my dad realized that most of us were working full-time jobs and doing the DJ business on the weekends. And if we were going to get married, we needed time to find somebody. And so that was literally the only reason we came to an agreement as a family to shut it down for like two or three years after we had people calling saying, "Uh, Hey, you ready for this year? Nope. Sorry. We're done. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a blast, especially because, I mean, if if you're doing that as a parent, that is a great party. 
mm-hmm. for your for your kids. And as kids, I mean, the games, the dances, prizes. I mean, most kids they're gonna die for that. And I tell you what, I'll, I'll uh, since we're on the topic, I'll tell you one of our other things that we did that was so awesome. And anyone who wants to steal this, go ahead. I mean, I'd love to start this up again at some point, but it's just one of those things that the the investment up front, I really can't get into at the moment. And it's hard getting right. word out and getting things built back up. My dad had a business that he already offshooted. Right. So, but basically um, the, we had this thing called dancing through the years. And right. it, was a, it was a medley that I actually created and put together myself. It started in the, um, 50s and it went uh-huh. up to high school musical so like you know mid 2000 mid to late 2000s right yeah so basically um oh i know right it was huge i haven't even thought of that i so know <laughs> oh my god i'm a I fan so of the first and the right third now. one <laughs> the second I don't one's know that horrible I, I don't know that i ever watched anything with the first one but i know my sister watched them all oh yeah <laughs> if you had Ooh. sisters around that time yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah so what we would do is we would have uh so so our big thing at the end and we tell them right at the beginning we had these giant microphones like they were you know three feet long you know yeah. giant inflatable microphones and we have uh we usually have two of them for the best overall dancers the entire time so even when we took break songs we were watching yes. them for dancing you know what i'm saying yeah. just seeing them being into it and that just gave them incentive the whole time even if you don't oh, win yeah. you might win at the end and right. so they very rarely got sad because they were competing for the end you know um yep. and then basically what we would do is we go oh wait a second we just brought we just realized we brought two more giant microphones and this is like three three quarters of the way through the night right through, through right. the party and, th- and we're like and you know what we are going to give them away right now but you can't win them your parents have to win them for you that's so perfect <laughs> that is they so go, perfect and then they go and get their parents who've been wall sitters but have seen most of the show and have really right. enjoyed seeing their kids oh, having totally. a good time so yeah. even if they feel weird about doing it or whatever at this point they're like okay all right you know whatever so yeah. they come up they come up and this is like a six minute medley so it's long like it's it's a long medley right yeah. And so they go through the whole thing. They get a real actual sweat worked up. You know, they have yeah. a good time oh, and yeah. feel the heart pumping and everything else. And even if they don't win for their kid, of course, they're just, they're just thrilled that they got to do it, you know, yeah. and the ones that do their kids are like, I love you so much. It's yeah, just that's good vibes so all around. <laughs> yeah. No. Wow. That sounds like a great time. Yeah. <laughs> You have to drop hints for Hazel. She could start that up when she gets a little. Yeah, older. yeah. There, there's That's... there's all kinds of stuff like that. Like we had, um, my sister and I had a YouTube show, and you guys can still look it up if you haven't seen it. But um, we had sibling productions because my last okay. name and um we uh that's that's the channel and um we actually made a fair amount of money from it back when AdSense was good. My we we did um movie reviews but we did it with the twist of essentially my my sister playing a character called sissy and i'm her older brother off camera and i'm i'm babysitting her and i hyped her up on caffeine and now she's just going crazy talking about the movie stream of consciousness wackiness wow. and um it it got a good following for a while and we made some good ad sense and i i asked my sister can i do that with hazel in a year or two she said, yeah, yeah, absolutely, please. <laughs> so that's great. Yep. Wow. So it's amazing. Uh man, the YouTube, uh, you talk about AdSense when it was good. And yeah, I mean, even now, people being able to make the money that they make on on YouTube. I think a lot of them are doing brand deals to help supplement some right. of that. They're, you know, they've got Twitch and TikTok and all those other places that they're doing that, but I don't know if you've ever watched Blippy. I think it is the the guy who I know about it. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, man, I watched one of them. We were over at a friend's house. I watched one of those shows. Mindless. I was. Oh yeah. Just like Eddie just puts those out, and then yep. they let their kids watch them. And they're safe fish, I think. The one I watched. Well, was. he he has a bit and, of stuff in his background that's a little funky that you got to watch out uh, for. Does he? He was at a he was at a play place. The one I watched, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, no. But uh, you know, I mean, if they're if they're reasonable and you're willing, the to shows are fine. Out. I'm saying he's a problem. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So how I can guess that that would be? <laughs> yeah. <true. laughs> 
but uh, yeah. he just all the number of parents that'll let their kids just keep playing them, and yep. I can imagine that adds up. So, but uh, so what I was actually where I was thinking with your um, when you were describing your show, I my son, my middle son, um, mm-hmm. he is known at church for singing very loudly. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever told you about this or not. Boy, after my own uh, heart. Exactly <laughs> like a certain Joshua that I know. Um, but he he sings loud and proud and out there and, and not badly. He's gotten better. I mean, he's not perfect. But um, I have had multiple people from church talk about how it helps them to to sing and we're talking adults Um, we're not talking other kids um be willing to sing and and be even a little convicted that they're not being as emotive and expressive and uh so i think that the you were talking about these are people coming together and singing that is i've seen that in action Uh, ezra has inspired some of that and i i think he's at least reasonably genuine he's he he'll stop in the middle of a verse just getting distracted so i don't think he's in it for the looks <laughs> um but just watching when the body of christ sings together at church i can imagine exactly what you were describing yeah yeah man it's yeah. it's really great and i love that kind of camaraderie and brotherhood we've talked a lot about yeah. that tonight which is kind of cool i wasn't expecting it um, yeah. Well, I think that's uh that's a huge thing that has brought me in is because I'm part of something, you know. Mm-hmm. You you talk about why do I like to be around it? Because so many of the things we do, we've worked with businesses who are just trying to sell stuff and don't get me wrong, we've done business with them, but with where our hearts are with yonder child and with most of us is um when I say us, you, me, Adrian, Benjamin, um, some of the other people we work with. Right. Um, it's it's those ministries, mm-hmm. you know, working with the pro-life ministry. Um, that was another thing I didn't even mention from last year. We put on a complete virtual pro-life conference. Yep. Um, Adrian and Benjamin traveled the country last year filming different people. Um, Owen Strand, uh, Tom Askell, all of those people, uh, Ray Comfort, mm-hmm. um, filming them. And we bu- put it all together and we did a, a virtual pro-life conference that did much less than we would have preferred if, if we were being completely honest. And yet looking back on that, that is, it was great content. It was a great yep. time. And um, the other pro-life ministries that we've done work with because of that. And through that um, I get to be a part of something. That's yeah. a huge thing. I, I'm working at wretched. That was, that was so exciting because I got to be a part of this sharing the gospel with the people. Um, I didn't, I didn't do it, but I set up the cameras and we filmed and we encouraged people and we helped people figure out how they would share the gospel. And that was my first introduction. And I I don't, I'm not there in all of all those ways, but that was like my first introduction to how you actually interact with people um, that don't agree on the gospel with you and how you can engage them and challenge them and sometimes they walk away and they're completely happy with you. And sometimes you walk away and you're like, Oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. This, right. that, that didn't look fun. Um, Make sure they're not following me back to wherever I was going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These, these are secular. I'm not actually sure what they will do. Mm-hmm. They are inconsistent. But getting to support other people do that. Um, uh, working with uh, Benjamin as he, uh, I, don't know if you've talked to him in the past couple of days. He was just in Mexico filming. Yes. Um, and getting to work with him on where that content's going to go and how we can take what that missions group is doing and share it with the people that support them to say, this is what you do. Right. Um, you may not have been in Mexico. That was Mark. That was Jeannie. Great. But that wouldn't have happened apart from you. And once again, I don't think in some ways that would have happened apart from me. Right. Um, and so I love, I love getting to be that once again, that's the, what I love being at the, the front of a conference, not in front of everybody, but getting to watch all these pieces go together. You know, the right thing up on the screen, the right thing out for the live stream, the right person going up at the right time. Um, uh, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, you walk away from that. And I'm like, I am so tired. 
Yeah. And I never want this to end. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. You know, you've helped me out writing some of the uh, uh, copy on my website and you've helped me with Mm. the hosting and stuff. And um, I've I've really appreciated that. I do a lot of my own work, but you've really helped me over the years. Uh, I I just added this and it really, I I recently added this to my, my about page and um, I'm just going to read it just for you because, you know, we worked on it together previously uh, and this, I didn't take anything away, but I added this that it really kind of speaks to what we're talking about. You know, you do something like the, the pro-life conference that didn't do so well um, and things of that nature. And I'm, I'm in the same place right now. And this is, this kind of shows that I wrote, I am a lay minister and bard of the church, capital T, capital C. My ministry has an emphasis on teaching fathers, mothers, and children to be their families, bards, encouraging them, and supplementally instructing them in what we believe through storytelling, hospitality, and life-shaping entertainment. Yeah. In, to- in today's day and age of fewer, uh, fewer shared family meals, fewer story times, and fewer connections to our past that actually have an impact on our future, it's time to take back family entertainment through more yes. than just curation and discernment, but through careful, thoughtful, and abundant creation of what used to be referred to as the family stories. Yeah. While, while I do write and speak on these topics directly, I find that the best way to communicate these ideals is by exemplifying them for my own family and community and documenting it for you. I also publish our family stories for free so that others may be inspired to enjoy poetry, music, and most importantly, stories by myself and my friends. And it goes on a little bit further, but the idea is everything's free. Right. Everything's absolutely free. Like if you want to throw me a gift, great. But what I'm doing and what Doan talks about, who's going to be on on the 22nd on this podcast. What? Yep. <laughs> I actually have Jason Farley on tonight uh, after you. <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> I am. A, I am. I'm. A, what is it? An opener for a, a much larger band. Jason Farley. Congratulations. <laughs> Well, there you go. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, but what Don, what Don's always talking about is like his job is to be the best filmmaker that he can be and then get hired by other people, you know, um, that, that really is his approach. And I'm trying that thinking, I don't know who's going to hire a bard of the church universal, but I'm sure someone will at some point for something, yeah. Um, cause I know my stuff is good and it's not me yeah. bragging when I say that I've had lots of people tell me the same, you know? Right. Um, so that's, it's just, a, I, I think you kind of have to do that in today's day and age, the way I think like, so. er, entertainment especially is so disposable. Like mm. the fact is it's, there's still going to be timeless entertainment. Right. And well, there is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean, you uh, i'm watching to some extent i didn't grow up necessarily watching all of the disney movies but there are some movies from my past that i still love yeah absolutely Um, and i I don't they're not christian per se but sometimes Mm -hmm. they are just as much a part of my life right um but now watching disney and like the last two disney movies I think that came out and Encanto I watched the and Raya. Are those the ones you're talking about? Uh, I was thinking of Encanto and uh, Raya and the last dragon. No, the red one turning red or something Oh, that's like Pixar, that. but yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's Disney, but I, 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 when yeah. I hear Disney animated, I'm thinking this. Yeah. No, anyway. you're, you're completely right. For some reason I thought that one was that. Okay. So those two movies I watched them and I was like, no, I think we're done. Like yeah. there, I have no, I, I can, I actually do enjoy some of the music from Encanto, Bruno. I'm sorry. The rats along his back. is just fun to sing, but the story. Hey Manuel Miranda, man. <laughs> uh, tell me about it. There's um, some good in the story, but it's not anywhere near where it should be. And there's some it, major issues. Well, that, and it's not something I want my children right. watching right. at all. Like, even if there's something good in that, it's like, I can enjoy, you know, episode three of Star Wars. I don't right. want my kids watching it right now. Right, right. Maybe one day, but not right now. And Encanto even less. And then turning, I think it's turning red. Yeah. No. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> I have to literally explain bodily functions to my sons that I don't think they need to know about to watch a child's movie. Right, right. Like, it makes no sense. I, mm-hmm. I, so the timeless stories from the past, I am, 
you'll be super proud. We're almost done with Wing Feather. It's oh yeah, good. So bad. <laughs> it oh. is. It is. I know. Uh, we're about six. All right, Spoiler alert for end. anyone with wing feather. Go ahead about two to five minutes. Um, we oh, need, uh, I need to know where he is exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So spoiler alerts. We, uh, we just read the chapter where they open the fane of fire and uh, Janner set on the edge. You're going to make me cry again. I cried last <laughs> night reading this. Janner set on the edge and listened to the maker say, be still. Yeah. Oh man, I cried. I <laughs> and, and then Janner's describing his heart, and I'm like, "Yep, there I am." You're really on the tail end. Oh man, yeah, no, we're so there. We we only read for about half an hour every night, so we okay. get through two or three chapters. We don't. It depends on how long the chapters are, right? Um, and so I want to get through so bad. I'm at the point where I'm about to just let everybody. If I get much further, I'm gonna have to because we can't stop in the middle of this. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers. I haven't read ahead, um, and it's been a year or two since I read on myself. But yeah, we're about to just have to go. So, um, so yeah, so you know about. Um, I, I want to say this is, and I'm being very careful when I say this. I have read you, know, you I Okay, you have read them. Okay. I've read them. My gotcha. family has not. Gotcha. So I'm reading okay. it for the first time. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. Sebastian read ahead. He, he stole my book and he read ahead. Okay. <laughs> and I'm very disappointed in him for it. But he and I are both like on the edge. We're like, we want. And, and like I said, it's been a couple of years since I read it. So I don't even remember the exact. I kind of know what's going to happen, but I don't right. remember. I've only gone through them once. And so I know Janner's about Did to, they make you cry like, the first time? Oh, it did. I was, I was listening to them. They were audiobooks. I was crying yeah. driving down the road. And uh, Sebastian's like, it's so good. I can't wait. Stop, Dad. Don't stop. Stop stopping. Right, and right. And finish this book because it's so good. I can't wait for them to hear. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know the exact progression. They just got back from the Shining Isles um, to uh, and the the fangs are all there and um and calmar is like we've got to help them and right. that was the end of the chapter last night and i'm just uh, i'm so hoping i get done with it this week all the oh. stuff with nag and the tragedy of nag is some of right. the most insane <laughs> the, the tragedy and the forgiveness of nag right. is is some right. of the absolute most gut-wrenching yep no i've ever when, felt when they read the first book and read to him, I'd cry. Another place I cried. I'm like, I'm, it's so like the realization he has. And, and that's the thing. Like he could have, you know, stories and everything, but he could have heard this and been like, lies. I don't believe it. And kept right. going. Right. But no, it changed him. Yeah. He, it, it talks about him getting smaller and his skin yeah. just being like flopping down around yeah. him. You know, he was literally being fueled, not just by his hate, probably, but by the hate of, um, Yum. oh man, I just read it. Jürgen. Whatever the drag, yeah, Jürgen. Yeah. Um, by all of that hate and that just going away and then him just fading. Yeah. Man, it's so and, good. And those of you who have said, not read it, read it. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. All right, so... Uh, that one and i don't know if you've ever read i'm reading this one with sebastian the green ember series i have the first audiobook and i've gotten through the first third or thereabouts probably about three times and haven't been able mm. to go any further so man that it's, one it's a little it, slow but i'm enjoying it, what i i get you know the first one yeah no it is slow um it's also one of the most um oh I, what is it i heard somebody recently say that a greek tragedy every no, no i think it was a greek tragedy everything was going wrong everything was going wrong and then it all fixed maybe i don't remember what it was yeah yeah deus ex um, yeah so i am praying that that's what happens in this book more people <laughs> have died more people have disappeared more more tragedy has happened in this book than i would have imagined for what is a young adult child's book. Right, right. Uh, but we are about a quarter of the way into the last one. And um, I'm hoping it's looking up, but actually something really sad just happened. So spoiler alerts, if you've read that one, it will make you cry as well. Or maybe just reading to your kids makes you cry. I mean, that's, goes that's back part to, of it. It <laughs> goes back to what you were saying. So much is imparted to my children 
through these books that I'm reading to them. And not just your, that's the thing that people don't get and that I'm trying to get a better grip on speaking to people on is it's not just the content either. It's mm. the fact that you are personally oh. giving this story to your children. Right. You right. are in it. You are um, incarnating these words yep. to your children yep. in yep. a way that is you, you are emphasizing certain things that are right. important to you. They're learning what I cry at. you through it. Right. And right. the more they know about what makes my father cry, yep. the more they know the true belief of their father. Right. It's not just the Sunday school answers and the creeds and all these other super important foundational things. This is yep. the actual meat on the bones. This is right. the blood that comes from the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, totally. <laughs> I know. I completely agree. I, 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 you are putting it in words, things that I have felt. Yeah. Um, it's so true. So uh, that is one of the things that I, I, I have purpose to do is as my children get older and I'm able to spend time with them, I put some of them to bed and I stay up with some of them. And though that's the time I take with them. I play games with them and I read to them. And yeah. those are, that's what, that is our one-on-one, one-on-two type times when, you know, there's the boys are starting to get older, um, teaching them how to play card games and some board games and then reading to them. And reading to them is different than listening to a book with them. Yeah. We've done that as well. You know, when we're driving or something, we'll listen to a book and it's not the same thing. No, it's not. Reading to them. Um, and, and it's because they do, they hear your voice. They hear when it cracks, they hear when you get excited, it, it's different than just listening to the story. Exactly. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I, um, I, I I've told a couple people on this podcast, I'm going to tell you, cause I think it's important to tell you, but like, I have an event very specifically, very vividly in my memory of my father. Um, you know, he passed away in 2020. I think we, you, yes. you were, you were there for all of that. You remember that yeah. happening. Um, he, uh, he, so my, he read Narnia to me growing up. I, so much. So I don't remember a time without Jesus or Narnia, to be honest with you. Um, and so the, the thing that he, he, he didn't read from the Bible a lot. It just wasn't a thing in our house as much. We did it occasionally, um, we did it, but, but, it, but it was a constant, you know, everyday kind of a thing. Like we just have conversations about Christ yeah. you know, and about the sermons and about whatever else. It's just whenever, you know? And so when he did one time he read to me and he was re, he specifically wanted me to sit down and listen to him read. And he read me the wedding at Cana. Okay. And he made it a big specific point to emphasize to me that this was not just wine. This was the best wine that a professional wine taster had ever tasted in his life. Yeah. And it came at the end. Like he, he, he did emphasize that and talked about, you know, God is a God of happy endings. That was part of it, but it was more so that his big emphasis was, God, when God gives gifts, they are the best yeah. gifts. Right. Better than you can possibly imagine. Right. And just just that aspect of things. And that shaped more of how I understand the phrase God is good. Yeah. Than any sermon, any mm-hmm. creed, any, you know, the, what's the term? Um uh uh, systematic theology, you know, yeah, oh, Any, yeah, anything like that. It, it absolutely made God is good. I know Aslan, I know right. who he is, right. I know that this is him, and so that that is just an example of what fathers can do for their sons. This is going to be a Poets at War and Blessed Beards podcast crossover because <laughs> we just had so much father talk, yeah. So, well, that that has been. I mean, I told you having to relearn or not relearn, but rebuild. And that is one of the things that I realized I had not fully understood uh, probably two years ago. This concept that what's going on in my life, it's ordained by a sovereign God. 
and it is for a purpose. Yeah. And that express purpose is me. Yep. I mean, he is doing this for my good. Mm-hmm. And and the the concept of sanctification had never made as much sense to me. And I know um, I'm Presbyterian, you're Baptist, and I'm not saying this to emphasize any point other than scripture, but it's for your good and for your children's good. Well, no, it is completely because, and that's where I was going to go next. Is yeah. They watch me mm-hmm. be okay. Not good terminology, but be okay I know what you mean. with these things that are happening to me. Yeah. And I get to sit there and look at them and they've watched me cry over my daughter and my wife and my children. And then I get to look at them and go, I wouldn't have changed a thing yeah. because, and, and I wouldn't have changed it then either. Yep. Um, I might would have, I might would have changed it then in that moment. I might would have changed it, but definitely looking back, I can look at it and be like, God was working and I can see the effects. And so now that, that biblical truth that his gifts are always good. Yeah. Um, so the, the guy that I was recently rough cutting, my favorite thing is the rough cut, the, the, <laughs> the stuff we do, because I get to hear so much teaching that I don't get to listen to in person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or that I wasn't invited to. And it might so, even be more specific and less general. Oh yeah. So this guy, um, he's like, um, the Bible says that a father would not give his son uh, a rock if he asked for a loaf of bread or a snake if he asked for a fish. How much more will your heavenly father give you? What you- and this guy, he said, um, I was on a missions trip. Uh, I got some fungal disease. He was very sick. He came back and he's going, God, why did you give this? Why did and as he was a new pastor and it solidified his relationship with his church for them to watch him willing to suffer for the gospel uh, overseas like that. And he said, God didn't give me the bread of getting uh, of health. He gave me the cake of getting sick. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh, that is so good <laughs> because I didn't have the bread of my daughter never being out of danger. I got the cake of my daughter having cancer. I didn't have the bread of a perfect marriage and I'm perfect and my wife's perfect. I got the cake of us having to be put face to face with the issues we, we needed to work through and deal with and rebuild. Um, And the same way I don't have the, the bread of perfect parenting and perfect children. I have the cake of children who are so able to point me back to Christ because that's who I need every time I have to deal with one of their, whatever it happens to be. It could be a, a nauseated stomach, a boo-boo that has not bleeding, sweetie. It's a slightly <laughs> red cut. <laughs> and I really don't need to get you a band-aid. They, all the way down to the, the conversations with my son where it's like, no, you, you won't ever be perfect. We are going to struggle with this but our God is good yep. and he promises that he will be with us through it all and getting to watch. And he's watched it. And one he's day you will be perfect actually, years. but yeah. Yes. But that, that's not the struggle we have here. Our right. struggle is, is to, to glorify God, even right. in the midst of exactly. all of this. And exactly. he has watched me walk through that. Uh, watch me fail. <sighs> Praise God. Watch me succeed a time or two. Yeah. But, uh, and still point back to the, the good father that, yeah. That's one of those things about dads, man. Like you, people talk about learning from their failures. Jason Farley talked about that a lot on Knox Unplugged. I don't know if you listened to that show. Um, I uh, got about halfway through it, I think. Okay. Still trying to catch up. Okay. Yeah. So he, he does talk about that some, and I think there's a lot more stuff on learning from your father's mistakes and stuff like that for a good reason, because you learn a lot from your father's mistakes. And the idea is that we'll be better than our fathers. It's a post-millennial, you know, it's moving forward, like perspective on things. And that's, that's just, you know, the way scripture intends for things to be, you know, it doesn't always work out that way, but it is ultimately working that direction, you know? Right. And so, um, when it comes to uh, what's it called um, that one thing I think that isn't talked about so much. And you, you mentioned it briefly is father's successes and what you learned from that. 
And I can think of multiple times where I just was blown away by the intimidating kingliness of my father, you know, coming into a situation and putting all things right. Right. And, and, and that was something that absolutely taught me how to, you know, especially when it comes to conflict and standing, I'll give you an example. Um, so I, I won't go into full detail because I know I have a wide audience and some of the people might have been involved in that situation, but there was a church split um, and, and, you know, some of it, um, mm-hmm. Cal, I'll even say Chalcedon um, split. And um, one of the things that happened was uh, the pastor of that church was um, he requested to be transferred to another denomination slash presbytery. And they agreed to do it while also transferring his charges for them to deal with. And so they essentially agreed to cut ties with him um, in a, in a non-amicable way, you know, Mm. basically saying we're we're not going to pursue anything further with you, but we're also very angry at you because you asked to leave. So fine. Get out of here. Right. And so my father was at this Presbytery meeting, which it was, you know, one of those ones where it's open, but of course you're not supposed to speak out of turn or anything like that. He stands up with in, in the, in the church that it's in right as that happens. And that come that decision comes down and says, let it be known. The Lings are leaving the RPC US. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that was out of turn. It was out of order. He walked out immediately after. Didn't have to be escorted or anything. We followed. He didn't even have to say anything. We followed, you know, whatever. Right, so, of course. <laughs> but but it's just like, it was one of those things where like, I, regardless of how you feel about the situation, that was him leading his family right. oh, with, totally. with a roarous, raucous, like, I may be a peon as far as this government is concerned. Right. But I am standing on the government that I know that I have by right. God. Right. You know, oh, totally. And, yeah. and that that's just one example, you know, and so I that that's something I don't want people to discount. We always think of, right. you know, in this day and age of 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 people blaming their dads and their moms and whatever else for everything and the victim yep. mentality. I don't yeah. want people, I, I want people to learn from the mistakes of their parents, but I also want them to remember and hold on to the, the, yep. the, the positive examples, yeah. you know? So, well, and, and I think with, especially with Sebastian, he's my oldest and he has seen a lot. I mean, we had him literally 11 months after we got married. Uh, he has been around for a very long time in terms of our marriage. And so for him to watch the failures that I've done and now to see the successes, I think that's huge. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I pray that those successes continue to multiply like my failures have in the past um, because I want him to see that difference. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think learning from the, Learning from the successes are just as powerful, if not more powerful. Um, that's the other reason that we're in a church uh, yeah. beyond the where you're supposed to be in a church, um, because I want my children to see those successes in other fathers too. Yeah, I want them to see them in my elders and in my uh, the other godly men well, mm-hmm. that that are at church. Uh, so yeah, knowing and and having the instinct of who you can fight alongside of who you know is your brother and your father yeah. and your cousin and all that other kind of stuff in the faith, yep. regardless of whatever the situation is. Like, like, like I said, in cousin, I've always considered Baptists and Presbyterians cousins. Totally. I, I, we're brothers in that sense of we're brothers in Christ, but because of our discrepancies, we're, we're cousins. Right. And right. so I feel like treating them as I would treat my real life cousins, the way I grew up with them as extended brothers in a way. Right. 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 Is, is something really important to teach to your sons and stuff too, because they don't need to be stuck in their own denomination. One universal church. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and a lot of people, that's why I love conferences, be them interdenominational or denominational or whatever. Uh, I love taking my children to conferences and being like that guy. You can listen to him at least right right now, as long as he keeps saying what he's saying, listen to him. Like I don't, I, I, some of them I have actually talked to, but I don't know him. Like he is not in my church, but he goes to another church that's like ours. 
and you can listen to them and go to their church. Uh, we, we did that. We went to Kansas a couple of years ago for my sister's wedding. And I specifically picked out a church for a guy that I listened to a podcast. We were just going to be there. Yeah. I wanted to drive over there. And I was like, this is the guy you hear him sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast, that's the guy. And then the guy talked to us for like half an hour and it was a great time. Uh, being able to just expand their scope and my scope beyond just the, our church. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to wrap here. If you're good with that, we can talk for a few oh, minutes look. after if you're good, but I'm just going to say uh, the close that I do for the episodes. Absolutely. Everybody remember, be your family's bard. Do not turn to the right or to the left and the Lord will be with you wherever you go. Join us in the trenches next time on Poets at War. God of song said the warrior part Though all the world betray thee one sword At least thy right shall guard one faithful heart shall pray